I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Check It Shop. Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it inside. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we worship you, we adore you, we thank you because you are God and you are God alone. Lord, we thank you because the entrance of your word brings us light and understanding. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, so many things are happening in the world today. So many things are happening in the world today. And it's important that we as children of God be aware of what is going on. Now, Jesus said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. He said, watch and pray. But guess what? A lot of Christians, the only thing they are doing is to pray but they're not watching. Hallelujah. See, it's important to not just obey, but to obey to the full. Hallelujah. He says, watch and pray. That means you must observe what is going on around you. You must understand what is happening. You know, everything that is happening in this physical world is controlled from the realm of the spirit. There are things that are done, there are things that happen in the realm of the spirit that affect things physically and that's why it's important for us to fight from the realm of the spirit too many christians are defeated because they are fighting the wrong fight they are fighting from the flesh and you can never win there's one very interesting one very interesting scripture you know many people have not really looked into this scripture but this is really powerful in the book of Judges, chapter 5, verse 20. Judges, chapter 5, verse 20. Now, a, a, a preview of what was happening before here. There was a war. The children of Israel were at war with their enemies who had been over, um, you know, had been ruling over them and oppressing them for years. But then a woman called Deborah, a prophet Deborah, rose up, you know, and then, you know, they fought against Caesar and his army and they overcame them. Hallelujah. But now this scripture goes on to give us insight into what really, really happened. What happened? The children of Israel were in bondage. But what happened? Verse 20 says, they fought from heaven the stars in their causes fought against Caesarea. They fought from heaven. They fought from the realm of the spirit. It wasn't just a physical battle. It was a spiritual battle. Hallelujah. They fought from heaven. 
Then he says, the stars in their causes fought against Caesarea. Hallelujah. Now this scripture, when you look deep into this scripture, you see it in several ways. He says the stars in their causes. Who is he referring to when he talks about stars? If you look through scriptures, stars most times refer to angels. Hallelujah. He says the stars in their causes, the angels on their assignments, in their duties, they fought against the enemy of Israel and he was defeated. Hallelujah. But another way of looking at it is the Bible says the stars. We could actually trans, um, um, interpret this scripture literally to say the stars, the physical stars in the sky. Hallelujah. You know when the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good. You know when he says all things, he wasn't, when the Spirit of God said all things, he wasn't mincing words when he said all things. All things actually mean all things. Which means the sun that is shining, the rain that falls, the wind that blows. He says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. All things. And that's how it's supposed to be. All things. So literally the stars physically, maybe the light they should have shone to help Caesarea escape was dimmed that night. Just so he wouldn't escape. Somehow, somehow. But then the first part shows that they fought from heaven. Hallelujah. You know, in warfare, if you don't know who your enemy is, it's hard to defeat him. One of the things that people are saying about the coronavirus, you know, that flooded the earth and all that, is that the world is fighting an unseen enemy. Hallelujah. If it was a physical person, like a human being or a terrorist group or something that was disturbing the whole world, the whole world would have formed an alliance to go and fight that group and to eliminate them, you know, to wipe them off. But then the world is fighting an unseen enemy. So those who are used to fighting with guns, now this battle is not a battle that you can use guns to fight. So it becomes difficult. Hallelujah. When you don't know your enemy, you can't overcome. One of the strategies that um, some fighters use against maybe oppressive armies or forces that are stronger than them is what they call guerrilla warfare. Hallelujah. In guerrilla warfare, you don't have any structure, any army structure. They hide, they attack, they run away like that. They, 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 they operate unconventionally. They, anything is allowed. They do anything. Hallelujah. Anything. Many countries who are involved in liberation struggle, you know, to liberate their country from oppression, from colonial masters and all that, they operate in what is called guerrilla warfare, where the enemy is invisible. And when you don't know the enemy, you cannot defeat the enemy. Hallelujah. So in our spiritual warfare, God doesn't want us to be ignorant of who the enemy is. Hallelujah. God doesn't want us be, to be ignorant of who the enemy is. Hallelujah. So he tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm reading verse 12. He states it clearly. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, in other words, against human being. If your concentration is against the human beings, when you are saying all the witches and wizards, you are referring to human beings, there is a serious problem with you. A very serious problem because you are ignorant. Hallelujah. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Does the person have flesh and blood? If the answer is yes, then the person is not really your enemy. Now, if a little child is inscripted, you know, like uh, during was it was this particular war in Africa and they had child soldiers. They took the child, the children, indoctrinated them, you know, and you know, turned them into militia, turned them into fighting people, killing people and all that stuff. Now, if you are a soldier, a trained soldier, and there's a warfare, and then a child comes with a bomb and he wants to bomb your unit and all that even though he's a little child in such a situation you'll be left with no option but to shoot and kill the child you'll be left with no option because there is nothing you could do because the child you're not going to give your life for the life of that child you're not going to allow the child as a soldier like explode the bomb the suicide bomb and destroy everybody around there you know you're not going to do that in such a situation, nobody's going to blame you for shooting the child. But if it's a situation where you could do anything to save the child, because he's a child, you would do it. Why would you try to save the child? Because you know that the child is too young to make enemies. The child can never really, really be your enemy. You know that as long as he's a child. So the child is a victim. The child is just being used. The child is not your real enemy. There is somebody behind the scenes pushing the child and making the child do what the child is doing. In a certain war in West Africa years ago, many children were used to fight. They killed and did all kind of things. Now these children were not taken and, and they tried all that because they were kids. Rather they were rehabilitated because it's a traumatic experience. For some of those kids, they watch their parents killed and, you know, in a, an inhumane way. They experienced brutality. They saw all those things and their, their hearts became hardened. So you're not going to blame the children. That's the same way it is with human beings. The real enemy is not that man or that woman in front of you. Now, if they come in the way that uh, you have no option then they have to go down. But even when that happens, imagine the, sh the soldier who shot the child and killed the child because the child was about to detonate a bomb that would you know, destroy all the people you know, around there and kill all the people. Even though he shoots that child and kills the child, he's not going to be happy. It's not going to be something he will celebrate and say, oh, I just killed somebody that wanted to kill me and he's happy. He's not going to be happy. In as much as deep down he'll be happy that his life was spared, but there'll be that sadness that a child has died. 
Do you know there are some people who celebrate the death of people? Somebody told me one day, a lady in my church told me. She said, Pastor, um, you know, you prayed for us about our enemies and all that stuff. And my stepmother committed suicide. But before she committed suicide, is it my stepmother or my uncle's wife or something? I think it was her uncle's wife or so. Said so she committed suicide. But before she committed suicide, she wrote a note apologizing to the whole family for all the wicked things she had done, for all the people that she had killed and this and that and all the people she had put in bondage through witchcraft and all that. She wrote that letter before she died. And the lady was happy, thanking God for giving her victory. And I told her, don't rejoice. Don't rejoice. Look, Jesus Christ, every time a soul goes to hell, Jesus weeps. Do you understand how hard-hearted have Christians become? That souls don't mean anything to them. You are so selfish. It's all about what you are going through. It's all what you are going through. That's all you are thinking about. So you don't mind who dies. No, that's not the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So if you have the mind of Christ, the question is, how does Christ think? How does he reason? Hallelujah. We have many people rejoicing. The Bible says don't rejoice when sad things, bad things happen to the wicked. Don't rejoice because God really doesn't like that. I'm going to show you a scripture. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 17. Now look at it. I want you to look into your Bible because the truth is when we say these things, we have to show you from the scriptures. If you hear this thing and you see it in the Bible, but you don't change, then something is wrong somewhere. What did Jesus say? If you love me, keep my commandment, keep my words. So if you're not keeping the word of God, you don't love Jesus. Even if you claim to, when the word of God comes to your spirit, it should shape you. Look at it. He says, rejoice not when thine enemy falleth and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. I don't know if some Christians don't see scriptures like this. He says, don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Let your heart not be gladdened because he stumbled. The one who you, 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 you don't like, the person stumbled and you rejoice. Look at verse 18. He says, lest the Lord see it and it displease him and he turn away his wrath from him. I don't know if you saw that. He says, lest the Lord sees you rejoicing when your enemy falls and it displeases him. So guess what? Every time you are laughing at that person who did something to you and something bad happened to the person, every time you are rejoicing about it, every time you are testifying about it, you are displeasing the Lord according to the word of God. According to the word of God. Hallelujah. See, the Bible says we have not so learned Christ. 
What have you been taught? What have you been taught? Hallelujah. We have not so learned Christ. We must not forget that even Jesus, when he was on the cross, even those that killed him, those that nailed him to the cross, he prayed for them. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Why did he say that? He was saying that because, Father, he said, Father, forgive them because there is somebody behind these scenes using them to do this. They are not the ones. They are not the ones doing it. They are not the ones nailing me, actually. There is somebody behind the scenes doing it. So he said, Father, forgive them. He prayed for his enemies, for those that killed him. He prayed for them. What about Stephen, the first martyr of the church? The Bible says while they were stoning him, he said, Father, don't lay this to their charge. Forgive them. If he didn't pray that prayer, the world wouldn't have, the church of Jesus Christ wouldn't have had a great apostle like the apostle Paul. If he had prayed for vengeance, if he had prayed that those who killed him should be, should, should be judged and they should die, Paul would have died and he wouldn't have become the great apostle that he later became. Hallelujah. So this is so important for Christians to understand. Jesus told us that men will revile us and persecute us. He told us. He let us know. He prepared us ahead of time. We are aware that this thing, it's not like these things are happening. Uh, they are happening in a way that we, we were not prepared for it. God prepared us for it. So we shouldn't be surprised when this thing happens. But he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the spirit beings that control human beings to do the things that they do. Why are some people never victorious? They have always been fighting the enemy from church. They are always fighting. They are always fighting, fighting and fighting. Because they are fighting the wrong fight. As long as you are fighting human beings, you will fight forever. But when you fight in the realm of the spirit, just like Deborah did, the Bible says they fought from heaven. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you a very popular fight in the Bible. But many people don't know that this battle was a spiritual battle. I want us to open to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to select uh, the verses I'm going to read. First, I'm going to start from verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokor which belongeth to Judah and pitched between Shoko and Azekah in Ephes Dami. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. And there went out and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits. 
and a span. You see, that means he was six cubits. That means he was more than nine feet tall. Wow. And he had an helmet of brass upon his head. And he was armed with a coat of mull. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs. And a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear... The spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him. Hallelujah. So this guy was a giant more than nine feet tall. Not just was he more than nine feet tall, he was well armed, heavily armed. Hallelujah. What you call armed to the teeth. He was covered. But verse 8 and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel. Did you see the word armies? Armies. That's very, very important to note. That's plural. Hallelujah. An army, one army, is a group of soldiers. Right? So if you say armies, you're talking about two groups of soldiers. Is that correct? Hallelujah. Now, very important. For example, a basketball team. Let's say on the pitch, one team, there are about five players on one side, on one team. But if you say teams, that means at least it's more than one group of fives. Hallelujah. This is very important to note because you say, it says, And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man to fight. Give me a man that we might fight together. He said, I defy the armies of Israel. Now, Israel was a nation that had a covenant with God. Hallelujah. And so, just like you have military alliances today, there are countries who have signed uh, an agreement, a treaty or something like that. So, if one country comes to attack this country, the other country has the right to get involved in the battle because of the treaty that they have signed. Because of the treaty they have signed, this other country, without provocation, without anything, that country has a right to join because of the agreement. So Israel had a covenant with God. So by reason of the covenant, the armies of heaven had a right to join Israel in their battle. As long as Israel was keeping to the terms of the covenant. You understand that? As long as they were walking in, in line with God's word, they, were not, they had not departed from serving God. The armies of, of heaven had to fight for them. So when Saul was not just, when Saul was speaking, he was not just attacking the physical Israelites, but he was attacking the armies of heaven as well. He was attacking, he was cursing the God of the Israelites. Hallelujah. He was attacking the God of the Israelites. In those days, every nation had a God that they worshipped. They had an official God that they worshipped. Hallelujah. And the Philistines worshipped a god they called Dagon. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now that's so important. Now you know the story how David went, you know, to take food to his brothers and he met the sea. And he was he was angered in his spirit. Hallelujah. And then he, he went and you know he started making uh, in, inquiries about um, what will be done to uh, the uh, for the man who overcomes and defeats Goliath. Hallelujah. And then eventually he was taken to Saul. Saul tried to give him his armory and, and all that. David said, no, I can't use this. I've not tried this before. Hallelujah. And so he said, don't worry, I'll go like that. And he went to fight Goliath. Hallelujah. Now, from verse, I'm going to read from verse 40, from verse 40. Okay, from verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five, five smooth stones out of the flock and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling when it was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistines said unto David, Am I a dog that you've come to me with staves? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. He cursed David by his gods. What does that mean? He began to make incantations. He began to make incantations. He began to make invocations. He was invoking, calling on the God of Dagon. He was placing a curse on David. This was a battle strategy of these people. So even though Goliath had the armory and all that, even though he was a giant and all that, he wasn't going to fight physically. He cursed David by his gods. It was not just because it was David. Anybody that he encountered, he would do that first. It was a ritual. It was a war ritual. He cursed David by his gods. Because he understood that battles are won first in the spirit before you win them physically. And he cursed David by his gods. Hallelujah. But David was smart. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Do you know what this guy is doing? He's using a principle, the principle of meditation I talked about. He's speaking things ahead of time. He's saying things. He's speaking ahead of time. He's beginning to create something in the realm of the spirit. The first thing he did was to invoke the name of his gods. Then the next thing now, he's beginning to speak things into being. And he's, going, he's, he's designing how the warfare will go. Telling David, I'm going to cut your head. I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do that to you. Hallelujah. But David was smart. Then said David to the Philistine, I told you before, I said, never let the devil have the last say. If the devil speaks to you, talk back to him. Never let the devil have the last say. That's exactly what Jesus did when he was being tempted also. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Jesus spoke. It is written. The devil said, oh, jump down from this place. Jesus said, it is written. They will say, oh, if you bow and worship me, I will give you to Jesus. Say, get away from here. For it is said, thou shalt worship the Lord your God only. He always replied the devil, don't keep quiet. 
And then said David to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Did you see that? David understood that it was a spiritual battle, so he took it spiritual. And he said, The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He didn't stop there. He said, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. And he stopped there. He says, and all this assembly shall know that Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty, saveth not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the principle of meditation. This is what I'm talking about. It's exactly what David did. Hallelujah. See, let me tell you something. Yes, they have done witchcraft on you. They have sent arrows at you. What are you doing? Instead of running around, what are you doing? Can you do like... Goliath took the first shot. And the Bible says he cursed him with his God. And if David said nothing, he would have been affected. If David said nothing, he would have been affected because Goliath, first thing Goliath did was to invoke the powers of his gods. Then the next thing he did was to arrange the battle and say how the battle will go. But then David invoked his own God and rearranged what Goliath had arranged. And the stupid Goliath went on. If he had known, he would have run away. Hallelujah. He didn't know. He had never encountered somebody like this before. David invoked the name of his God and rearranged what Goliath had arranged in his favor. And Goliath didn't know. The stupid God. Verse 48. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and he, he, he got angry. I will finish. And he got up to charge out towards David. And David drew nigh to meet and and came and drew nigh to meet David. And David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the field. David charged towards him. He was not scared in any way. Because he knew it was a spiritual battle. Let me tell you the truth. If it was a physical battle, David stood no chance. If it was just a physical battle, David would have stood no chance. Because remember this guy had a shield. He had a shield. He had a helmet too. David didn't have that power to throw a, 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 a sling, shoot a sling in the way that it would pierce through the helmet. He didn't have such power. And later, David gave us his secret. He said, you teach at my hand to war, that by thee a bow of steel is bent by my hand. By thee have I run through a troop. By thee, God gave him supernatural strength to do extraordinary things. When he invoked the name of the Lord his God. And David put his hand in the bag and took then a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead. And the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Because he had the sword of the spirit, he didn't need a physical one. 
Some of you are using physical swords to try to fight the enemy. No, sir, it's not going to work. It's a spiritual battle. Hallelujah. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of stronghold, casting down imaginations and bringing every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons. They are not against human beings, but they are against spiritual beings. So the battle that happened that day was a battle between spirits. David was the vessel that the Lord used while Goliath represented his Dagon God. And the Bible says evil bows before the good and the wicked at the gate of the righteous. So when the battle is spiritual and you are conscious that it's a spiritual battle, you will always win. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God wants to bring you to this consciousness today. That human beings are not your enemy. That does not mean you embrace everybody and take everybody in and all that. I use the child soldier as an example. If you don't take caution, that child will kill you. Hallelujah. If a child wants to kill you, should you not defend yourself? You will defend yourself. Even if he's a child. But the point is that the child is not the real enemy. There's an enemy behind the scenes. So if there's any way you can save the child, you will try to save the child. That's the same way. If somebody tries to do anything to you, if there's any way you can save that person, you save the person. But if anything bad happens to the person because the person came to confront you, even though the person goes down, you do not rejoice. Because of the scripture we read, Proverbs 24 verse 17, it says, don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Let your heart not be glad when he stumbleth, lest God sees it and it displeases him. And when God is displeased, he will pardon that person. He will, he, he, God is God, you know. He is God. Hallelujah. So don't, don't fight any human being. Don't go out calling out people, this person is a witch, this person is this person is that. Even if you know they are, there are spiritual ways to fight. Do you know why you have intelligence? Um, every nation has the intelligence unit, for example, the CIA and, you know, the MI5 and all these uh, this intelligence units. They go, they get secrets. There are things they know, but they don't come out to say everything they know. They don't say everything they know. So they know a lot, but they don't say. So the day you want to come against them, they use what they know to finish you. Before you stand up, you are gone. But if they tell you, oh, this is what we know, we know this, we know that, then you can finish them off. Hallelujah. So use wisdom. This is spiritual warfare. So you can't fight spiritual warfare like you fight physical warfare. It's not the same. We fight from the Spirit. And never forget that we are children of God. We walk in line with the Word of God. Stop fighting human beings. Let your focus be on the Spirit being. That is behind the scenes pushing these human beings. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and basically spirit beings push these people. Hallelujah. I'm sure you've learned something today. Please, 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 I beseech you by the mercies of God. Don't just be a hearer of the word. 
everything I've said today is clear and I showed you scriptures behind it. So when you see this, let your heart change. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't do what everybody else is doing. But it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you see God's word says this, if you were doing something contrary to the word of God, then begin now to change. You start by saying, Lord, I repent for acting in this way. And then you say, Lord, by the help of your spirit, I'm not going to do this anymore. Hallelujah. And then you say that you make a commitment. You're not going to be like that anymore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let us pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word that you've brought to us, reminding us that our warfare is not against human beings, but against spirit beings. Lord, thank you because you told us in your word, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that is raised against us in judgment is condemned. You said they will come in one way and flee in seven ways. This is your word and we hold on to it. You said when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise a standard against him. Lord, we are confident that your word is infallible. No plan of the enemy will work in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm sure you have been blessed and I'm sure you've learned something. And I know you. I know you are going to apply the word that you've heard. And I congratulate you for that. Because whenever you apply the word, you're going to have testimonies. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. And I'm going to be with you again. Bye-bye. Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.